Smith goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Yes, hello and welcome back. It's 2020 and it's episode number 21 of the Straight Red Podcast. As ever, we are back with your feedback, match updates, fixtures coming up. We'll have a look at the transfer window, a jam-packed Broadfield buzz. You answer the big question and of course we finish with added time. Well, yes. Hello. Welcome to the Straight Red Podcast. Happy New Year. It feels a little weird to be saying Happy New Year come the end of January, but this is the first podcast And Ewan, we're going to start off where we start all our podcasts with a little bit of feedback. It is a long time ago, but try and stretch your mind back and see if we can uh, just briefly touch upon those two quite, uh, I think, hard-hitting episodes that ended last year. Yeah, they were back-to-back as well. So we've quite literally dusted down the equipment. It's been that long. I think it's the longest time between two podcasts. So going back to episode 19, I don't even remember episode podcast 19, what we even talked about, but there were a couple of bits of feedback. It was um, Scott Solid said, cracking pod guys. Uh, Numpty Ian said, great pod guys. I love the shut the front door. I do remember that bit, shut the front door, (laughs) Jonathan. And uh, Roy Savage said, great listeners, always funners. What a difference a day makes. Looking forward to episode 20. Hashtag Kellygate. So we had episode 20, literally a few days later, and Baz Brobert said, unless something absolutely ridiculous happens indeed, very interesting listen, well done guys. Scott Solis again says, thanks Scott, uh, great show again, keep up the good work. Colin Lowe's, another thought-provoking episode, well done guys, looking forward to listening to Bruce. So Bruce can't be on today, but he will be on uh, Bruce Tolbert, an episode coming up soon. Uh, great show guys, again said Adam Piggott. The best, if not the only independent news source on the club these days. And a couple of messages on the forum said yet another honest and forthright podcast. Keep them coming, lads. And a very good listen, really informative. We get more information in one hour from you than we get from the club all season. Well done. Thank you very much. It's coming back to me now. This is the podcast that you kind of ditched us into, really, didn't you? Because you said nothing um, dramatic would happen. I I did not ditch (laughs) us into that episode. The club ditched themselves into that episode. But this podcast, going by the the notes that we've made, hopefully going to be a really positive and fun one. So that is the feedback. It's 2020 now. Let's move on. Jonathan, let's start with uh, match updates. So yes, let's start our match recap from the beginning of this calendar year. So first off, the Reds uh, travelled to Colchester on New Year's Day. There was a one-all draw there. And then three days later, they played Forest Green Rovers at home, also a one-all draw. And then a week later, Crawley took on Bradford City at home. And the Reds prevailed with a 2-1 victory, which was very nice to see. So, so far, at that point in the year, unbeaten. I didn't think we'd get that far through being unbeaten. It was it was actually five games unbeaten at that stage. So a really great start to the year. In, in fact, three consecutive one-all draws, if you include the last one at the end of December. The win against Bradford and um, then Walsall. Yes, Walsall, unfortunately, a 2-1 loss for the Reds. But then really the talking point today, I think, Ewan, is going to be, for us, it's yesterday's fixture because we're recording on Sunday. And it was a fantastic game, wasn't it? Let's Let's dive through that now. So yesterday, we thought, we were obviously commentating as, as we usually do at, at the Crawley Games, 
And looking at the stats, looking at our pre-match sort of build-up, Ewan, we thought it was going to be a fairly low-scoring game. We were maybe going for a one-all draw, some sort of low-scoring fixture. And for me, something I found quite surprising, Crawley started off the first half the better team. They, I, I was really surprised. I thought we were starting the second half for, for some reason. Crawley were really pressing. They were being really dominant. Uh, they had a relatively attacking mindset. And we didn't seem to give the ball away too cheaply too often. Yeah, I mean, just going to back up that stat that you mentioned, why why we predicted it would be a low-scoring game. Before the game, in the last five, Grimsby had only scored five game, uh, five goals in their last six games. So they are a team famously struggling for goals. They've only scored 25 this season prior to yesterday. Um, Crawley Town, not a massive goal-scoring team either, hence the, hence the prediction. But uh, yeah, what a cracking first 15 minutes. Both teams going for it. Really sort of end-to-end. -end. You could say Crawley were on top, but both teams going for it. Um, Palmer, great to get his goal in the 16th minute. Went very nicely. But I felt after the 15-minute mark, it's almost like we've put in so much energy into that first 15 minutes then we, we just couldn't maintain that for a full 45. The next 10 minutes came along. Whitehouse scores five minutes after Palmer. Then Hansen scores as well on the 32nd minute. And all of a sudden you're thinking, hang on, have we have we just given everything we've got in the first 15, 20 minutes and now we have to endure another 70 at home? It kind of surprised me as well, the Grimsby goal, because... For me, I thought Crawley were on top at that point in the game. And they, whilst they scored that first goal from Ollie Palmer, they almost got a second after Nadison's brilliant sort of 30-yard or so run down the right flank. It was absolutely great work from, from the uh, striker. And we could have had a second there, potentially. And then a couple of minutes later, we go down the other end concede. And then 10 minutes later, it's, it's another goal. And we're behind. I'm like... What just it, happened? It there? was definitely shock tactics, and Crawley looked a little bit nervous at that time. So, went into the last sort of fifteen minutes of the of the first half, um, got to mention Glenn Morris. It's very easy to forget because we're going to look at Palmer and Nadas and how amazing that was. Glenn Morris kept us in that first half. He made two incredible saves. And I think they, they weren't unnoticed at the time. But when you look at the result afterwards, you then think, oh, yeah, Glenn Morris kept us in that. It could have been 3-4-1 at half time if it wasn't for um, the catting goal. So the last five minutes of the first half went pretty dead. It went a little bit flat. Both teams sort of looking to get into the half. What? Oh, hang on a second. Hang on. Oh, have, you, have you left your phone plugged I've into left the PA? into the bloody PA. Sorry, haven't I? Uh, let me you turn Sorry. Um, yeah, so going into the last five minutes of the half, um, it was pretty flat. But the best entertainment of the day, Bruce Tolbert was back for an encore, just back for one day because Tom Ullman was on holiday. And he left his bloody phone plugged into the PA system. And Crawley Town, I actually turned... A mighty cheer. I turned, it, was the it was the funniest bit of the first half anyway. And I actually turned right at half time. There was um, a reporter from from the Scum, and I, and I said, "I said, um, do you know what? We we we've got this sort of love hate relationship with calling ourselves like a tin pot club, and we're trying to get rid of that tag. And then that happens, and it's like, oh no. So first half, I mean, I think it flattered Grimsby. Two fairly bad defending goals for Crawley, especially the one on the and line. Dare I criticise Glenn Morris here? For both goals in a way, I thought it was a, a good save on the first goal, but he did palm it back to the, the player who crossed it in for the assist to score the goal. Second one, really good save from Glenn Morris to get down so low to save the, the header, but then he just gave it back to the striker again. And it that that's where I'm going to criticise Glenn if I can. Get out. <laughs> Oh, seriously, get out. You wanted a different opinion. <laughs> You're getting a different opinion. I think they were both reactive saves. They were both sort of powered low to him and... 
I'm, I'm sure he criticises himself. Yes. And yes, absolutely. But if you look at it on balance over the whole game, he kept us in that game and he's instrumental in that win as well. So um, go and wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> on to the second half. Can I just say, Palmer, Nadison, yes. Yes. It's working. It's only taken six months, but it is bloody working. How good did they look together? Absolutely brilliant. Oh, my God. And what... Uh, I was really pleased about is that one of them or wasn't trying to hog the ball and trying to score. They were aware of each other's placement on the pitch and they were quite happy to pass the ball off and just score a goal for the team. How exciting is it to see Nadison running at defenders as well and going round them three he or four times. He's got some pace, hasn't he? he? Absolutely at pace and scared the life out of them as well. Absolutely beautiful to watch and just so happy for those two linking up now. I cannot imagine how happy Erdem and Salim are and, and the Turkish Jonathan things. Finally seeing that come to fruition. Something they predicted we would happen, something the fans hoped would happen and now it is yesterday. Um, great substitution at half-time. Reese Kruger-Cox coming on. Um, being sort of... Um, not sceptical, but looking at it in other ways, that substitution. I think the likes of Kamara, Rhys Grogo-Cox, I'm going to throw Ashley Nathaniel George in as well. Those type of players. I think we've got to sell one of those before the end of the window. You don't think they can be squad rotation players? Um, well, the thing is, Kamara's contract is up at the end of the season. Not so renewed? I, I don't think. Do you think he will renew? Does he oh. want to stay at Crawley when he's got the likes of Reading interested, apparently? I, I, well, if, I, if that's true, then Kamara I can will, see why he would Kamara, leave. I'll put it on episode 21. Kamara will be not, not be here next season. Oh, I'll say that now. Big and juicy. I'll, I'll be happily to be proved wrong. But I think what it is, he had, a, he had an okay first half. And then it's obviously a, a week or less to go than the end of the transfer window. Did they take him off to keep him fresh and make sure, right, he's had a good first half. People are here watching him. Let's take him off. Let's not get him injured and do something ridiculous. Bring Rhys Gregor Cox on, an equal, if not better, replacement anyway. Also putting him in the shop window. These are the players that are being brought in. Crawley is a selling club, so we've got to show these players to the people that are coming to watch them. We might sell both of them in this in 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 this transfer window. I absolutely hope not, but I really do think. Again, we're not in financial troubles, but we're a selling club. I think last summer there was apparent interest in Gregor Cox, Kamara, Nathaniel George. None of them went, and now I think I can't see how they've, we. They've lost some money on them, really. Absolutely, I totally agree. Kamara's lost money because he's only got half a year left on his contract, so the the value is going down. I will. I'll be very surprised if one of those three players doesn't get sold in the next sort of 10 days or so. Very surprised. And talking about substitutions very briefly, yesterday's game, I thought for the first time in, in a long time, substitutions were made tactically and not just because, oh, we need to waste some time or I don't really know what to do in the game now. So I'm just going to chuck a player on and hope that they change the game. I thought that every player substitution that was made by Crawley yesterday uh, was made for a reason changed the game and also Grimsby then had to make a reactive substitution to try and counteract what we were doing. Yeah, I think John Yems got criticised last week when he made some substitutions to go defensive when we were 1-0 up. So this time when we were 2-1 down, of course he's got to bring Gregor Cox on and people to start attacking. But even when we were then 3-2 up, it still felt like we were going for a fourth and a fifth and keep moving forward. And I think that's a, as a result of the Walsall substitution and the tactics that lost us that game. Um, so again, Palmer, Nadison, just incredible. So excited. Let's not hope it's a one-off. Let's hope this sort of carries on for the rest of the season and onwards as well. Um, so you thought it was great. I thought it was great. Everybody thought their partnership was great. One thing that did surprise me, though, um, was a tweet from Ben CTFC on Twitter. When he went one step further, he went, I wouldn't say no to a three-way with Nadison and Palmer, to be honest. <laughs> 
<laughs> Gosh, I mean, there's, wow. there's enjoying the football in front of you, then, then taking it to that mental next step. But um, kind of, I'm not going to say I agree with that, but I, I see where he's going with that. Um, one question for you, um, and I'll answer it as well. Right back, Josh Takers Cogley or Lewis Young? Go. Takers Cogley. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I actually agree. <laughs> Sorry to break your heart. Oh, Ewan. No, no, I, I, he's it, it, he's not a, a completely natural, incredible right back, but he offers a little bit more, I think, than Lewis. Does, yeah. I think Lewis is going to struggle to get back into the squad this season. Um, of course, Dekas Cogley is only on. Would low. you be surprised to see him go? Do you think he has a reason to go, or do you think he's happy? I mean, I don't suppose any player is really too happy to sit on the bench and, and wait for their time to come onto the pitch because realistically every football player wants to be playing games every single week but do you think he's reached a point now in his career where he's realized maybe I'm just going to take this opportunity of of staying at the club? Lewis Young is a utility bench player he can play right back right mid ish or a wing back that sort of role over there so if you're in the 17th minute and you get an injury then he can fill a couple of roles in that even he's played left back a few times as well so he can fill a few roles he is he is not a superstar in any position whatsoever um and, and I, I does he think that I don't, maybe he does think he's a great right back I don't know but Josh Takers Cogley just adds that little bit more I'm still not completely convinced with Josh Doherty either um, I don't completely convinced, but it just seems to be things are shored up a little bit more at the back with Dacus Cogley. Um, and he can cross the ball in as well quite fairly well. Um, one thing I really liked from John Yem's interview after the game, of course, he was very happy um, about the result. But in reference to Walsall and the sort of the fluctuation in results, he said, when you get beat by a better side, you've got to put your hands up. It's when you beat yourself that's frustrating. I think that's a reference to last week against Walsall when maybe he's putting his hands up and saying, look, we beat ourselves because we were in a winning position, yeah. made some defensive substitutions. And in hindsight, that was the, the wrong decision. And it seemed yesterday it was just all out attack from, from start to finish, which is just lo- really nice to see. And it seems like Yems is learning from these things. In, in the nicest way, Gabriel Trophy didn't really give that kind of um, indication that when things were going wrong, that he was learning from them and, and making changes because we didn't see any evidence of that happening in, in the subsequent matches. Whereas Yems, I mean, it is early doors and I don't want to you know speak too early, but I feel like he is learning from what he's doing and he's willing to change and adapt and not scared of that either. I just, I love his um, interviews after games. He's, if you didn't know he was the Crawley manager and you walked into a bar in Crawley and he started talking about football, you'd just think he's a bloke down a pub. Um, and I love that about him. He's sort of no top money like airs and graces, called a spade a spade. And he, he's just like having a chat with a guy, Daniel Local. Um, and, he, and he just says it as it is. And I think the players must appreciate that as well. Because um, we're going to come on to it later. But Peter Bellamy, um, in reference to the big question, did point out something really interestingly that um, Gabriel Choffey's last 10 games in charge returned five points. In um, John Yem's first 10 games in charge, he's got 14 Mm. That's massive turnaround, isn't it? It is very much, and so. um, it, it's it, that's man management, it's tactics, it's um, picking the right squad as well. It, it's a massive, massive difference, and um, let's hope it absolutely continues. So, great result yesterday, really positive moving forward after a, after a few draws and a loss as well against Walsall. Um, just to throw in there as well, we're like the Sussex Senior Cup. We lost three to Eastbourne, Van Velsen and German getting on the team sheet. German from the penalty spot. Um, it's like an irrelevant fixture. But it's even it, lower it's, than the Checker Trade Trophy, isn't yeah, it? Really? We, we, or leasing.com are, or whatever it is. We are here to provide information and that was a bit of information. So but I guess my final line mm. briefly on, on yesterday would be exciting 
new team performance it looks like to me even though we don't have any real new players to the squad and I think that just shows an indication of what we can do with the squad we have and agreeing here with Erdem and co that we we can deliver with the the squad that we have and it's just managing the team in the right way and, and instilling the right kind of tactics and and giving them the right things to play with and the right want and and I'm seeing what Erdem's saying now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, so that is the match updates. Jonathan, let's have a really quick look at the fixtures coming up and where we can take this positive form into. So Ewan, fixtures coming up. Let's look at the next few games that are going to be facing the Reds. So first up is this coming Tuesday, straight back into action. And it's a long trip away to Plymouth on a Tuesday night. How do you feel about that? No thanks. <laughs> and they're also, they're right up there in a the third position currently, which is going to be a really tough game for Crawley, as every game in League Two is, but particularly this one as well. Then we have Scunthorpe at home this coming Saturday. They currently sit two points and one place behind us, so just, just underneath us. Then it's Salford, a long way up to the, the north of England, away the Saturday after. They're one point and two places ahead of us, so it's kind of a sandwich of teams around Crawley at the moment that we will be playing there and then finally the the last game that we'll focus on this podcast will be crew away the Tuesday after another team that's up there currently in fourth position so really looking at the next few games coming up it's it's kind of a sandwich around Crawley of teams and then two teams that are right up there so it's going to be I think a, a mixed month in a way I would be happy to take seven or eight points in the next four I think it'd be very important man and management in the next few games because obviously we've got a Tuesday Saturday Saturday Tuesday so quite not intensive as Christmas but still a fairly intensive period when you're when you're going midweek games to weekend games but I'm feeling fairly optimistic based upon yesterday's performance would you would you say the same I, I'm I agree that I'm optimistic about the performances. My my overriding feeling around the season is the season's kind of done. That's, so you, that, no hope of reaching the playoffs. I'm just looking at the league table now. Okay, we are 13 points above the drop. So I mean the, the drop is irrelevant. Nobody we're not getting relegated. We're so far away from that. So many teams below us as well. If you look up the table, it's 11 points to the playoffs. Right. So. Absolutely not impossible, but with our um, inconsistency in results, we put in one great performance, one poor one, get a couple of draws, win a great one again. Like, like go back to Northampton as well. A completely out of nowhere, an incredible performance against Northampton. Um, but I don't think we can do that week in, week out, that's all. And we do have a really busy uh, fixture schedule coming up. It's six games per month for the next sort of three months. So it's going to be pretty relentless. But looking at the table now, to play devil's advocate with myself, yesterday... Of all the teams in the league, uh, from fourth place right down to 13th, there wasn't a single win. It was all draws and losses. Crawley won up to 14th. Fantastic. So in the looking at the table, you're only sort of six places away from that seventh um, uh, playoff place position. So visually, it doesn't look that different. But unless that maintains, and is it um, is it the Championship or League One where the top two teams were ahead by 10 points and none of them are won in the last five games? So it needs something ridiculous to happen. It's absolutely not mathematically impossible, but it is going to be, for me, another season somewhere between 12th and 18th to finish the table. 
I think our, our best position in the last few years was under Harry Kuehl, finished 14th. I think our goal should just be to finish higher than 14th, and that will be our best season in League Two for a long time. And a positive to take into next season, certainly as well, because it's very important, obviously, to keep that momentum and running form going. And I suppose John Yems will be, in a way, trying to make his uh, claim and stake for, for a permanent position come the summer. Um, yeah, we're going to come on to John Yems in the big question because he is doing well again. His first 10 games, he's just sort of um, solidified everything. There's no there's no terrible performances. There's there's a few shaky halves maybe and a couple of, not like I say, the Walsall substitution. But again, it's just sort of, he's found his feet. It seems like a solid footing. Let's not get carried away because when Gabriel Choffey came in, he had a fantastic start to the season. Then it all went wrong on, on two prolonged occasions. So let's not read too much into it. Let's just enjoy what's happening at the moment. John Yems is... Uh, He's started his managerial career with Crawley really on the right foot and things are positive, especially after yesterday, if that can continue. But hey, we've just talked about four games coming up. If we get two draws and two losses, then it's completely sort of back to square one in minds thinking, oh, is he the right manager? Um, it, it takes more than 10 games to make a decision. Very much so. And well, it's the 26th of January as we're recording this and my mind comes to the end of January and a famous thing in, in the football calendar, of course, is transfer deadline day, Ewan. I think, I, I don't really recall any big sort of names coming in. I think it's probably a good idea for us to maybe chat about a, a few of the players that have joined or left in this window just to summarise and, and get my head in the right place to understand what, what's happening. I think there's more than you realise. So let's have a transfer window section. Right. January transfer window update for you, Jonathan, because you've not been concentrating. You, I think you've had three holidays in the last four weeks. So <laughs> I'll keep you, I'm going to bring you up to date. First one to talk about, let's get it out of the way, Jimmy Smith. Yes, I'm still baffled about this. This is one of the people who I've kept tabs on. I know that Jimmy Smith wasn't brought back to the club uh, because supposedly the statement was given wrong direction I'm confused by this. I don't know what direction that is. I have no idea. So Surely that, that direction is going up. Jimmy Smith is a class player and he's done well at Yeovil, hasn't he? So what I'm going to do, for those that aren't in the know or don't look at the club website, I'm going to read out the statement that came from Jimmy Smith extending his loan to Yeovil at the end of the season. So Smith has played 14 games for the Glover since joining in September, scoring five goals. The decision to extend Jimmy's loan was one that was made by both John Yems and the board. The extension gives Jimmy the chance to get some more important minutes under his belt in the starting 11, something Crawley 10 couldn't necessarily guarantee once Jimmy has returned from his current injury, which has seen him not play for over a month. The head coach and the board feel as though they have enough options in the squad. The club holds a year's option on Jimmy's contract and we will be reviewing this in May at the end of the season. So Jimmy Smith, been injured for about a month or so. Uh, coming back from injury doesn't necessarily guarantee you time. You get a bit of game time last, coming on at like a sub in the, the, at the hour mark, for example. Um... They, they couldn't guarantee him that time on the pitch, the, the club captain. So I'm feeling a little bit optimistic about the, the matter that they're going to review his contract come May. That, that gives me a little bit of hope. But then obviously, you know, they, they, they may decide still that he's not the right thing. Yeah, so that, that decision's been made. Anyway, Jimmy's not coming back this season. Will we ever see him again? Who knows? <clears throat> um, there, was a, there was a lot of um, upset when this statement came out from the club. And one person went back on Twitter. I'm going to read this out because I want to read Erdem's reply as well, which I think is worth stating. So on Twitter, um, in reply to that statement, a comment came back. Uh, what a way to rip the heart and soul out of the club. Our captain and our longest serving player deserves far better treatment. Not only that, Jimmy Smith would walk back into the start of 11 as one of our best players. You lot 
lot are simply a joke, Odim Konya Slim Gagasas. Now, well, I don't completely agree with that comment because I don't think he's the heart and soul of the club. And I was going to ask you, do you think the club owe Jimmy anything? Let me read out. Oh. Stop jumping oh, in! <laughs> Stop jumping in! Um, and longest serving player, I believe Lewis Young is the longest serving player in terms of appearances. Um, but let, con- I'm not contract I'm, for life. I'm not here to fact check. I'm here to read out Erdem's sure. comment actually in reply. So Erdem replied, um, "I totally understand the anger regarding the treatment of the player. There aren't many examples in football of a player receiving a contract a week after suffering an ACL injury. This indicates the respect we as a club have in Jimmy. I take this moment to wish Jimmy good luck." Fair point. Absolutely yeah, fair. Yeah. Jimmy was injured a while ago and he got a contract a week after having a serious injury. And during that time, we even gave him, um, well, not we, uh, Erdem and uh, the owners, gave him the experience of um, being the like assistant manager as well. So the club have shown Jimmy a lot of respect and we do not know really what is the conversations in the background. Does Jimmy want to come back? We saw him a couple of games ago. He was in the um, hospitality suite and had a very, very brief chat, but he seemed happy to be there. We just don't have all the information. We don't know the conversations that have taken place between Erdem, Jimmy and Yeovil and Crawley and and, and, and whatnot. Um, So I think we leave it there. Good point from Erdem. We have shown him respect. We'd love to have him back, of course, because he's that sort of player in the middle with Jimmy that is just so solid in the centre, but he can also go forward and score goals. Um, Will he wear a red shirt again? Well, we'll, we'll wait till May. We'll wait and see, absolutely. So a couple of other players leaving Jonathan to, to keep you in the loop, OK? Uh, Michael Lyon-Bala, goalkeeper, um, has been recalled by Birmingham in order to obtain more game time this he season. He was a really promising player. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame to see him go. Um, and we'll, we'll obviously never forget him in goal against Walsall, Norwich and Stoke in the Carabao Cup. And they will... In, in all of history, Crawley's history, there will all be, always be photos of him in that goalkeeper shirt in those historic performances. And he was in goal the only time we beat a Premier League team. So um, he, he's absolutely made a mark. Another one, uh, next one is uh, that's left is Denzel Badu. Mm. I only mm. saw him, a, I only remember saying his name a few times in commentary because I don't think he played that often, did he? He, uh, the midfielder joins the Reds. He joined in the summer transfer window with a little bit of fanfare. Everybody was excited because he came alongside Van Velsen as well. I thought, oh, this is exciting. Um, but he's played just four games, mostly appearing in the Leasing.com trophy and the Sussex Senior Cup. So the, the lowest two possible ranking events that you can play in. Uh, Erdogan Konya said Denzel has today left the club after seeking his release from his contract. And we've reluctantly had to accept as Denzel has been adamant to leave. So, I suppose as a player of his quality at his age, he'll want to really be getting well, game time to it, push on his career as much as he can. Did you say quality? We didn't really see any. and Clearly, the management didn't see any either. They, they brought him in with um, maybe this is a, this could be exciting and it hasn't hasn't worked out. And that's kind of the end of the story for Denzel Badu. Hopefully, obviously, wishing well in the rest of his career. But um, it, it, what, what we anticipated didn't come to fruition. So... Um, Save some wages, off, off, off you go. Isn't it? A couple of other players. Um, Brian Gallack has gone to Billericay on a one-month loan deal. Good for him to get some game time. I feel like one-month loan deals are just a complete waste of time because by the time you get there, play a few games, you've time to come back. I was going to say, by the time you get there, it's time to come back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Josh Payne, his loan to Ebbsfleet has been extended till the end of the season. I, I always rated Josh Payne, but I haven't missed him as much as I thought we might. Especially after yesterday, you think, you know yeah. what, this squad's all right. And didn't even have Ferguson yesterday either. Um, so oh, yeah, that's a fair point. Mm. Ferguson was a 
a cracking player and I yeah. didn't really miss him yesterday yeah. in the nicest uh, way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. oh, <laughs> realisation. <laughs> Penny dropping, eh? Our squad's all right. Um, possible players going out. We mentioned this in the Grimsby bit. So Doncaster Rovers are apparently interested in Besla Bala. However, Luton and Sheffield Wednesday also interested. Erdem Konya will be uh, rubbing his hands in excitement with this. Bidding war. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Money, money, money. Uh, Panuche Kamara, supposedly Reading are interested in Kamara. He's out of contract at the end of the summer. What about Reese, Grego Cox and Ashley Nathaniel George? There's four players there that are clearly, in our long-term vision, players to sell. Do we sell them now, get a bit of money, wait till the summer, sell them then? Um, or do you use that money to sort of reinvest into the club and bring players in in the summer? Well, we're not, we're not buying club. We get free in and sell out. But uh, also... One that I didn't really anticipate bringing up or plan to, Ollie Palmer, back on form. Is he at a risk? I don't think he'll leave this window, but I think in the summer, I think at the end of last, when last summer he was like planning to go to Southend or something via his old Instagram gate. Let's not go back there. <laughs> um, we love him again now, don't we? Um, uh, Palmer, back on form, scoring goals. And I think... Crawley would really try and push for a big fee for him because obviously now that if this partnership with Nelson continues, that's really going to push his value up to Crawley, isn't it? And so it's going to be, first of all, a big loss if Crawley do sell him um, and they're going to possibly want to keep hold of him because if you sell too many players, we might find ourselves in the same situation come the start of the new season where we don't really have any sort of gel in the squad and we're just spending another half a season trying to get everyone working together. Yeah, so Nadison Palmer has just clicked I really want to keep it together now for as long yeah. as possible. You don't want to say, oh, no, it's clicked. Fantastic. Right, let's get rid of one of them. <laughs> get some money in. No, let's try and hold on to it. Um, but we'll wait and see. The next podcast will be after the window closes. So we'll bring you up to date. Finally, uh, players coming in. So with Lion Bala going out, we've got Tom McGill in on loan from Premier League club Brighton until the end of the season. Goalkeeper, he's been a regular in the under-23s this season, having made the step up from the under-18 team, for whom he has made more than 30 appearances. And I know it was only training yesterday, or match warm-up yesterday that we saw, but he looked fairly good. Pretty sharp, didn't he? Yeah, yeah and I, I, would, yeah. I would trust him in goal if Morris wasn't available. Um, ahead of Alfie Jones? Yes, definitely. Alfie, uh, nicest way. Harsh. Al Alfie Jones was, was no, letting no he in quite no a lot. No hesitation there whatsoever. From, no. no. <laughs> um, other players, I'm going to say in. Dallison extends his contract to the end of the 21-22 season. Brilliant. Love the guy, um, especially alongside Tunnicliffe. We've got a few options there now, even with McNerney out. I think he's still injured. Oh, he might play in the Sussex Senior Cup. But um, there, there's there's positions sort of like um, up for grabs in the centre or, or challenging each other, which is really nice. We very rarely have a position where people are fighting for it, but those centre-back positions um, are won. And finally, um, Jack Powell has today, well, this statement has been recalled from his loan spell at Oldershot Town. Powell has made 20 appearances for the shots, scoring three goals and returning to training with John Yem's squad. And finally, as we know, German, Ricky German is back from his loan spell at Hendon. I think he could really turn into something quite special as well. Yeah, he came on yesterday in, in the game as a second half substitute. I thought, I didn't think he was bad. Let's look, just say that. Didn't look out of place, did he? Yeah. Um, and that is up to date with the transfer window there. Next episode, we will close the transfer window for you with all the finalised instructions. Jonathan, it is time for my favourite section. Ewan, 
It's been a long time. There must be a lot of stuff happening around Broadfield that you want to summarise for us, but uh, try and try and give it to us in, in a nice bite-sized segment. All right. Uh, right, Broadfield, Buzzard. There, of course, a lot has happened over the last five weeks, but I'm really going to try and stick to the most relevant stuff because some stuff is just sort of like water under the bridge. It's gone. Let's forget about it. But first of all, I want to start with the club statement about the restructure. Jonathan, I need some backing music, please. Yes, Jonathan, it is the restructure of Crawley Town Football Club and all their new job titles. What is this? Now, whenever I think of what's happening behind the scenes and the running of the club at Crawley, this is the music that comes into my mind, okay? <laughs> so just shuffling around, knocking into filing cabinets and knocking over the, the fax machine and just sort of knocking around the office. So let's stick to the statement. Nukem Ruska is now... Uh, continuing his role as vice chairman, very short term took over from Kelly. I'm sorry, I can't take you seriously with this <laughs> music. <laughs> Selim Geiger says he's moving to the role of managing director from director of football, and Erdem Konya will be working as technical director whilst continuing in his role as advisor to the chairman. Jonathan, who the F does what? No one knows. No one knows, it's all a joke. Right, bring it down. <laughs> Let's take this seriously now, okay? Because it, 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 it's just. <laughs> Silly to me. It, I'm not kidding. It feels like they have si- said to everybody, like, right, let's go into the let's go into the boardroom. Right, I've got a hat full of names. Right, everybody pick out their job title. Oh, I've got managing director. Oh, I don't want that. Adam, you have that. No, no, Nookum, you have that. Okay, pass it around. <laughs> or they've just rolled a dice to say who gets what. I don't get it. How can how can a director of football become managing director? Um, Nookum Ruska has had three titles in the last four weeks. It's just, it's like a piss take. I, I don't understand it. It seems like they've taken keywords also like football, technical, director, manager, uh, advisor, those kind of things, stuck them into a random name generator, populated <laughs> two things, put them together and be like, oh, I'll call myself technical director. Now, I, I don't, I don't, I completely appreciate that they can do their jobs, but they've made a little rod for their own back here by this silly statement with which provides no information whatsoever other than the job title. That's fine. If you're going to give us job titles, tell us what they are doing. So Salim was director of football. Well, he, he, was, he was working at Coral. Then he became a director of football. Now he's managing director. What, 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 what fits into his sort of um, job spec? What is he doing? What roles is he fulfilling in that position? Is he no longer anything to do with director of football? Do we no longer have a director of football? Have we got rid of that position entirely? Is it now down to John Yems? Erdem Konya, technical director. What does a technical director do? Whatever. Is that technical things. Is that essentially an operations director? Is it because they got rid of Kelly? They're not allowed to have maybe, that? Maybe that? he's working on fixing the PA. <sighs> I doubt it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's like farcical. I think it, this is what makes us look Tim Pot. These little <laughs> statements, one sentence statements saying, oh, by the way, we've all got new titles. Well done. Um, the, the person I feel a little bit sorry for is Tom Allman as well. Um, so he was like marketing manager. Bruce is gone. He is now marketing and communications. That's not one job. That's two jobs. And I hope to God, go and speak to HR, Tom. He should be, should be on a double salary because he's now doing Bruce's role and his own role. How can you squeeze that into one? They were both full-time positions. Um, I, I just don't know who does what anymore. I suppose in, in a constructive criticism sort of way, it would be nice to see a diagram of how this all sets up so we can visually see who reports into who and maybe what their responsibility is in one line. 
but yes, I, the way they've come out with it is is quite um, hilarious. Shall it's, we say. it's like they've they've obviously done it very very quickly, not thought about it, and this has happened a few times now, especially with my God the the Kelly statement, of course, where they rushed that out because they felt they need to put in the words financial difficulties and just got to take your time over club statements. It's so important, and and uh, that they they put they do this to themselves. There's there's no other way about it. Um, so there there is. A, tomorrow I'm going to say, but it'll, ha- it'll happen unless you're going to do this really quickly, a fans forum, Monday the 27th, which is tomorrow as we're recording. So hopefully, um, oh God, I don't know if I can go yet. Somebody's got to ask, right, what do you actually do? And I'll ask it if somebody else doesn't. You've got new job titles. Please, can you tell us what do you do? I will ask that question if nobody else does quite happily from there. And I feel like that question has actually been asked at the past two fan forums as well, which just goes to show how clueless the fans are as to what actually people do no idea whatsoever but um there is of course a fans forum tomorrow so hopefully we'll get those answers but again it's just another example of making their way into broadfield buzz by having a silly statement with no content whatsoever um please do it better just do it better um moving on then second bit of broadfield buzz the ctsa had a meeting with the board very recently. I always like it when they do this. So they open it up to their questions and fan questions as well. Um, it's a little bit long on their website. So I'm going to read through the basics. But if you want to see the full list of Q&A, um, go to ctfcsa.org. I'm just going to pick up things that I pointed out. So attending that meeting, the CTSA and the board was Sam Jordan and Steve Leake for the um, for the CTSA. And all three of them, Odom Konya, Nukun Ruska and Salim Geigerses. They had the whole trio there. So well done to the club for getting all three along and um, sort of putting respect towards that meeting as well. So um, a couple of um, ones to point out then. What steps have been put in place to ensure well, all members of staff are paid on time in January? I didn't even know that was an, an issue, apparently. Uh, but they do say that the payroll situation has been resolved. There's no issues going forward. I think that was just um, a knock-on effect from Kelly leaving. She was in, I think she used to be an accountant anyway, so I assume she was doing the payroll. Um, has Nookin passed the EFL director's test? I think that question might have come from our episode 20 where we sort of, well, that, that document ripped yeah. into shreds really, didn't it? <laughs> um, let's not beat around the bush. And they said yes two years ago. Follow-on question was, when will Nook be registered at, as a director at Company's House? This should be updated in a couple of weeks. Bit of a... No, it's, it's a statement, but... Well, it, yeah, we should probably check up and make sure that is done. Why don't we do it live? Yeah. Um, why has there been no official report on the fine from the Colchester game? So we were trying to find £4,200 um, from that game uh, for fielding two ineligible players. And they said, once the EFL have concluded looking into this matter, the club will make a statement. So we will wait on that statement. And if it's not picked up, then we'll, we'll keep asking for it. But they've said they're going to make one now. Uh, next, Paul Hayward originally pledged to help with training ground, but then stated withdrawal following Kelly's dismissal. What is next on the training ground? Are, you, are we still working with the council on that? They came back and replied. There hasn't been much movement on this from the council side of things. If Paul is still willing to support the club on this, then they would be still interested in pursuing this. So Sounds we, like that's not going to happen. So then. are you interested in pursuing it? Or I mean, when you say there hasn't been much movement from the council... Is that because we're not nudging them along? It's a it's a two way street, isn't it? And how does that work as well? Because I believe wasn't it Paul was doing it as a private sort of entity, buying it and then leasing it to the club on like something, a free something deal or like something like that. But again, the information is sort of like 
fallen flat a bit. Um, so if Paul's not willing to do it, does that mean the club I mean, have lost out on their opportunity? Absolutely doesn't happen. Yeah, because they haven't got the money. Of course not. Absolutely not. Um, why did both Salim and Erdem categorically state Jimmy Smith would be back in January when clearly it wasn't happening? False promises make fans not have any trust at all. Yeah, valid question. And the answer was, things change very quickly in football. The chairman <laughs> and head coach decided it would be best for Jimmy to stay at Yeovil until the end of the season. Based on what? Um, so they've decided it would be best for Jimmy to stay there. Why? Got to expand on these answers. They're so short and blunt answers. And there might have been more in the conversation, of course, and they've just given us the basic CTSA. But um, if they're not providing more information, we just, it's just it just makes more questions arise, doesn't it? Yeah, and fair enough if you've made that decision. But I think something to learn is is don't make these promises. Yeah. Cur- curb your mouth a little bit beforehand and then you'll make yourself... At lives easier later on down the line. Yeah. Next, what's going to be done differently by Salim to what Kelly was doing? Salim has a lot of respect for what Kelly achieved at the club. He is looking to use his football knowledge to try and move things forward off the pitch as well as on it. Right. That I could have written that statement for you. So give us examples. How is he looking to use his football knowledge? How is he going to move things forward off the pitch as well as on it? Tell us how. Not just. It's such a blank, flaky. Easy to read, easy to write statement. Gives us no information whatsoever. Again, it just makes more questions arise. Answer the bloody question. Um, When will the new scoreboard be installed? There are a few stumbling blocks that the club are looking to overcome. What are the stumbling blocks? Stop giving us more questions. Give us the answer. What is the the stumbling block? Are we going to come on to this later? Because I feel like we may have some information as to what they may well, be. Paul made a statement um, on Twitter that he's going to release some information on Monday. He's going to go public with why um, it's sort of being delayed. Because the fans are just getting frustrated. Again, it, it promises um, that things are going to get done and they don't happen. And a final question that I'm going to pick up on um, is a bit of bully continuing. The answer came back was yes. Oh! <laughs> You seem surprised. Well, well, that was the first uh, first question that I actually learned something from the answer. Yeah, but but still, yes. When? Who's hosting it? Because it, <laughs> it was Bruce. Um, again, it, it, I, I just feel like all the answers are very like a, a politician's answer. They are, yeah. Um, you could, I could have written every single one of those answers. There's very little fresh information, and th- they should they could be trying so much harder. Um, Salim Erdem and Nukem. Hopefully, fingers crossed in the forum, they can be a bit more open and provide information rather than a statement that poses more questions. It's so annoying. And, and bearing um, in mind also that the CTSA did sponsor uh, Bits of Bully to promote the Reds' rollover. Refund, please. Yeah, essentially Definitely. not got any promotion from it, have they? Whatsoever, no, absolutely not. Um, so the fans forum is Monday the 27th. Now, that was only stated yesterday after the game okay so if i'm putting my skeptical hat on this i say they've given the fans three day two days notice for our fans tomorrow okay and it's 7 p.m on monday tomorrow or yesterday if you listen to it two days notice is that because they want as little people there as possible who knows that's being skeptical but zaya is going to be in attendance. So on a positive side, maybe they've proactively thought, you know what, Zaya's here. It's short notice, but I think the fans will really appreciate it if he can be at a forum. So I actually think good on them. Whilst he's here in the country, get him at a forum. Let fans ask some questions. Um, we will, of course, do an update on that. It's not going to be like a special, but we might sort of do a shorter version, especially in the next podcast, if not before. 
Um, so um, looking forward to the forum and getting some more expansion um, on the answers from the CTSA. Again, go to ctfcsa.org. There was more Q&A, um, but they're the ones I sort of picked up on. Um, next, can I have... Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about the new match day programme, Jonathan. <laughs> can I have permission to swear? Yes, I was about to say, this always riles you and up. So if you uh, look forward to a rant, then keep keep listening because Ewan is about to rant. Go ahead Did for it. Did you say yes to the swear? Yeah, go for it. It's fucking awful. <laughs> it is horrific. It is it is so it's below non-league. And I'm I'm really, really sorry if you're listening, the guys that designed the programme now, it is not good enough for the League Two. The back page, it looks like it's been done on, on Paint on Microsoft 94. It's awful. The content is bad. The editing inside is bad. There's words all over the place. And you're on a, you're, there's a, like, a white photo and the sub-edit is in white text as well, so you can't even read it. There are, there, there are words missing as well, yeah, to it be is, fair. It is thrown together. It looks cheap. It is cheap. And sometimes when we go to a game, I make a lot of notes before a game, right? But I rely on the programme a little bit to keep me right up to date anything I might have missed. I looked through the programme yesterday. I gained nothing from it whatsoever. The only good bit of content in it is the retro red spit, which is nice, but that is provided to them. The rest, like the Q&A with a player now, there's five questions. What's your favourite colour? Who's, your, who's the funniest person in the dressing room? Who dresses the best? Come on! <laughs> So give it some effort. What do you make for the argument then that obviously match program sales are on the down? Crawley Town obviously can't afford to pay for these sort of peripheral things, which are, are not really earning them any money, or at least getting them cut even. What do you think we've, there should be any effort still put into right, these kind we, of things? We've cut it down to sixteen pages. I think six pages yesterday were adverts, which leaves ten. Um, you've got the team sheet on the back on there as well. That's one. Retro Reds provide two. So you're down to about five pages of design and content, right? Because the, the the program, the adverts are completely there for you. So you're down to about five pages of actual design. All right. I don't know who they've given it. I think that we. I, there was a tweet somewhere who they'd given it to, but we've got to be getting it for free because you can't be paying for that. It's it's so poor. Um, Bruce's wife, Alison, used to do, and it was a really nice program. It wasn't like award-winning, but it was nice to look at. It was, it was nicely edited. You could read through it. There was some sort of chronological order to it. Um, and and it looked nice. This just it just looks cheap. It looks cheaply printed as well. Um, so I mean I don't know. I, I I do like the program. I like having a program. I don't want to see them disappear. Even if it's like goes down to like fifty p or a quid it, it, like it is now, it's absolutely fine. It's nice to have. I don't want it to get rid of them. But if we are going to have them, put some bloody effort into it because it's embarrassing. Yesterday, and I said to the guys behind us again. Um, I, I like apologised on the club's behalf for the programme. Said I'm sorry about this. I know it's rubbish, uh, but we've just got it's sort of gone downhill recently. And hopefully, this is this is feedback for the club. And I've spoken to Erdem as well. The last game, not yesterday, the one before, I said the programme's really bad. He hadn't actually looked at the programme. I think he's got so much on his plate. He didn't realise how bad it was. Um, and do you know what? I don't think I'm being harsh either. It might sound I don't think I'm being harsh. I do agree. I do agree that the programme has definitely declined in quality. Um, but yeah, you have quite some strong opinions about it. And I do <laughs> do enjoy listening to them. Um, and I don't. Uh, my art, my art background. I went to art college and I did graphic design at college. Mm, and I, fine art over I just, I, I kind of feel like I know what I'm talking about a little bit. That's all. Um, and some people might not po- might, might not pick up on simple things. That oh, that's a mistake. It's really easy mistakes to fix. That's all. Um, I'm going to move on. 
Social media, Jonathan. Everybody loves a bit of social media, don't they? Yes, If you've got a love-hate relationship, either way. And Crawley, um, I'm talking about the fans here. I think I'm quite good at social media. It is, I've said it a few times. A right laugh. It is. It's like a, every, everybody's a character. Everybody knows their place within the, sort of the um, the narrative as well. And everybody plays along. I think it's lovely. And it's, it is, you can make a sitcom out of it very easily, There's the Crawley Town social media, whether it's the forum, Facebook, Twitter. Um, it, it's great. And it's just got a little bit Better, let's say as well, because on fa- I'm going to concentrate on Facebook specifically, okay? Because formerly the big Facebook group for um, Crawley was Crawley Town for Life, okay? That's the one we all sort of went to to keep up to date and had our conversations. If you weren't on the forum or Twitter, or maybe you used all three. Um, but now, and Crawley Town for Life started getting a little bit shouty, let's say, a little bit negative, and there was a there was a there, a lot more negative voices were coming through than the positive ones, and it got a little bit, not sort of depressing, but going on there to update was getting a little bit less fun, and I think the, to be fair, the um, admin on there have set some new rules and sort of get rid of people that are just constantly bashing the club or for no reason being rude or um, horrible to, to other, other, for other members of the Facebook group. So now, ctfc.net is a new Facebook page for Crawley fans. It is the reincarnation um, of the ctfc.net, the the old forum that uh, went um, about two years ago. We've almost got a new forum now. But ctfc.net, Peter Bellamy is the admin. He's reincarnated that in Facebook form. So there's now two, not opposing whatsoever, but just two places to go and talk about Crawley, which is great because the, the more avenues, the better. Um, and I think, this one is a little bit more strict on the rules about who gets approved to... Of course it is. It's Peter Bellamy. All right. <laughs> but he, he, the rules in place are absolutely spot on. There's there's no sort of name calling. Give your opinion, but don't give your opinion on, on not other people, but what's going on more than anything. Sure, it, yeah. It should be a social forum to talk about Crawley Town Football Club, not to throw insults at each other. And that's absolutely right. On top of that, we've now got a third Facebook group, CTFC Away Days. Ah. A third one. So, so what's the difference with the with the Peter Bellamy one? If the, if the away days one was obviously talking about how much fun you're having when you're travelling. Crawley Town for Life and CTFC.net, those two Facebook pages are essentially the same kind of thing. Sure. Um, but just a different... Uh, people that got sick of maybe Crawley Town for Life and all the abuse on there, they've now diverted to CTFC.net Facebook page or, like we do, just sort of straddle both and you can take part in all conversations. CTFC away days set up by... Um, Four um, fans, including Jack and Jason, who I've had a brief chats with on Twitter as well. Um, so I'm just going to read the description about what CTFC Away Days Facebook page is because I love it. I really this is all sort of community based um, social media. So CTAD has been created by four Crawley Town fans who wish to help promote the various means to away games travel, as well as increase travelling fan numbers, whether that be via train, GH coaches or other. Away games are not just about football. We all agree that the sense of an extended family and the social side of things are the priority. The result at the end of the day is only a technicality. A great day out is usually always achieved regardless of the result. Our aim here is simply Broken down into, one, we want to show new travelling fans how simple a way travel is to get to, booked onto, and get you in contact with the people to organise it. We want new fans to realise how welcoming the away travelling fans are, and whether it's on their own with the group of people, there will always be others willing to help them and enjoy an away day. And ultimately, number three, get more fans to away games whilst encouraging those who don't feel welcome to meet people who will be there and make them feel so. 
That's um, really nice. Yeah, so they're not promoting any specific form of travel, but it is just... I think this came about... I, I recall reading somewhere. might even get one of them on the show one day. Um, I think it comes from... There was a couple of fans who were individuals. They wanted to go and watch Crawley, but they had, had nobody to go with. So, And they met each other at a game became friends that friends group has extended and they want that to extend that to everybody now how beautiful is that no that that is absolutely wonderful and that i think is is what really does sum up uh the the fans at, at crawley town there may be obviously there's there's going to be a few circumstances of of people making jibes at the club and, and making horrible comments and stuff like that but generally i do think the fans at crawley town are very nice and and this really does summarize that that kind culture and family culture up it's brilliant and they've got support of the club as well because they are currently running a competition to win a signed shirt and hospitality tickets so check out their facebook page for more info you can just search on facebook ctad crawley town away days get involved enter the competition and get, i give this all the support we can we're promoting it here of course so we'll, we'll completely support it as well i think it's an absolutely lovely idea so well done, uh, Jack, Jason, and the rest of those guys involved in setting this one up. Um, final bit then on Broadfield Buzz, Legacy TV, episode two. Where is it? Uh, same place that uh, Bully is probably. <laughs> on the scrap heap. Um, and it, it, it's sad to see because in episode one, which was in November the 14th, they let's not joke about how... The, the feedback we gave, because it was very constructive, I felt, rather than negative whatsoever. It was a very constructive feedback we gave, because it wasn't amazing. It could be better. But it was nice that they were doing it. And every single source of um, advertising for the club is very much welcomed. The, the problem they've got is, in episode one, they introed all the staff and characters. Um, the one unfortunate piece was they introduced Kelly and Bruce's characters uh, that are going to be coming up more in episodes two and onwards. So um, by the looks of things... It's not coming back because they'd have to start again. But if they if they decide to, then fantastic. Look forward to it. But I just sort of thought I'd bring it up because um, they put out a tweet in January. More coming in 2020. Whether that will be with Crawley or not, who knows. But um, good luck to them if they do. That's the end of Broadfield. I, I do have one other added thing. That's not the end of Broadfield Buzz. Go um, on. Yesterday in in the commentary uh, pre-box area where the sandwiches and, well, pasties now are, we had a chat to uh, Travel Ken um, around some more sustenance in there. And he's, he's made a plea. So we're making a plea on behalf of Ken to Hong Kong Paul. Can we have some money for our biscuit fund? We've got no more biscuits. Do you know what? Yeah, absolutely. I forgot about that. Travel Ken specifically requested we need to put out on our next podcast an appeal for somebody, in brackets, he, he did specifically mention HKP, because although we get pasties in the box now uh, for all the... Is this uh, a lack of funding that we've lost our sandwiches no, and biscuits? Know. But there is no longer enough money for any biscuits for all the reporters um, and media team in, in the press box. Um Oh, we should have had some really sad music, shouldn't we? Sort of, <laughs> um, we weren't on the ball there. But um, yeah, if anybody wants to fund the biscuits in the media room prior to Crawley to Home Games, please get in touch. We'll put you in touch with the right people. And that is the end of Broadfield Buzz. So, Ewan, we're on to the big question. And this podcast's big question is, give us your thoughts on John Yems. And the options were... Do we give him the job long term, wait and decide in the summer, or does he need to gain some more experience before we can decide? And the results were 31% where we need to give him a long term contract now, 8.7% 
were for a new manager in the summer. So we're going to replace him come the, the summer transfer window. And the the overwhelming majority with 60.3, or just to round it up there, uh, was to decide at the end of the season. And, and then we'll see going forward. So do you want to dive through some sort of explanation to back up those figures, Ewan? Yeah, so just going to read out some comments. We did ask for your comments as well. And as always, you supplied them. Uh, so 126 votes in that poll. And no surprise whatsoever to see the main one coming out is decide at the end of the season. Um, but 9% saying new manager in the summer no matter what with with more experience um which i i'm not sure if i'm surprised by that or not because 31 126 votes i must say as well yeah yeah um but 31 percent saying give him a long-term contract right now which i thought was interesting maybe that's but let's read the comments before we give our opinions on those so Peter Bellamy said, Yelms was brought in to steady the ship after one win in 10 and a return of five points from 30. His return so far is 1-3, drawn five, lost two, which is 14 points from 30. So an improvement. I'm not convinced we've got the money to give a long-term contract, so maybe a rolling 12-month contract. I think that's probably going to be spot on. Chris Needham said, love the spirit John Yems has put back into the squad, playing great football. I'd say getting an experienced League One, League Two manager in the summer and John Yems as his right-hand man. Interesting. Interesting yeah. Yeah, do, we yeah. have, do we have the money for that, though, is the Hope, question. That's always going to come back to that, yeah. Um, Fraser said, I'd say a two-year contract now. He needs to know where he stands with the club and he's clearly got good ideas. Also helps that he's not afraid to give the players heads a wobble. If he could build his own squad, he would make sure they give 100% for the club. Uh, that one, in fact, got the most likes from other um, Twitter followers as well in terms of a comment. Uh, Benjamin McLaughlin said, Yems knows, what he's go Gems knows what's going on tactically. He's worth more than he will cost. Um, so we can get him cheap, but he's worth his value is a lot higher than that. Don said the club's crying out for stability in terms of a revolving door of managers. I'm sure John Yems would like to know where he stands. He's won three games so far, quite a few draws. He's steady thus far. Need to keep hold of players as attendances are low, um, and we end up selling. Um, and the reply to that was another one. I've just cut out the name, actually. Oh, it was Michael said a one year contract with option of another if targets are hit. But lots of players out of contract at end of season. Will the club let him have full control within his budget? So I agree with pretty much all of that. I think I think a 12 month rolling contract is a really Good idea. I think we've made the mistake previously of giving new managers like three-year contracts like Kerry Kuehl. That's a different story because we sold him to Notts County. My God, how did we do that? And um, Gabriel Trophy have to pay him out of his contract long term. So I think a 12-month rolling, although it doesn't give a lot of stability to the manager in terms of their career, you've got to put the club first. The, club, the club's got to be at the, the forefront of everything. Um... Um, yeah, 60% said decide at the end of the season. I'm with that. That's exactly where I sit. He's doing fine now. Let's not upset the apple cart because the things are going okay. Yes, of course, he he is a fully grown man, needs to know where he stands, needs to know what his long-term commitments are. I'm sure he's got a mortgage and bills and family, etc., etc. So in that sense, he needs to know if he's got a job next year. Very important. But again, looking at the club, it's more important that we make the right decisions at the right time and not rush into things. Yeah, I 
have to <laughs> not to be boring have to agree with the with the 60 percent there the majority that I think make you decision at the end of the season because yes I mean he's he's done well he's steadied the ship and he's got some good results coming his way at the moment I'm really pleased with how the team are looking tactically as well but in the nicest way it is early doors and we are only looking at a small section of games you'll be able to have a clearer picture come the end of the season because you'll be able to see whether it is just a, a peak we're in at the moment and, and he's not just going to fall down into a, a poor form suddenly. Uh, and so then you'll be able to make a, a clearer decision come come the summer window and also then you won't have to make these decisions around the kind of like tight fixture window and you'll be able to make a more thoughtful um, response. Yeah, and just going back, it's interesting that the, the, the comment that they've got most likes was give him a two-year contract now. I, I just think 10 games, we've made the mistake before 10 games is is too soon to decide whether a manager is any good or not. And let's just enjoy what we've got at the moment. I, I'm, I'm talking very short term yesterday. Uh, let's enjoy yeah. that and see if we can move that on forward. Because if we go into a run of four games now, four losses... It changes um, everything. Of course it does. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've no doubt it will be the summer because, again, going from the questions... Um, and yeah, in fact, in the CTSA meeting with the board, one of the questions was, will John Yam's contract be extended beyond the rest of the season? And they answered, both parties are discussing this and would like to reach an agreement before the end of the season. Again, I, I could have written that. It's <laughs> just out to date, isn't it? So um, we will find out, probably not before we, between now and the next podcast, but we'll, of course, keep you up to date with any information as and when we get it. Jonathan, that is the big question. The only thing that's left is added time. Yes, well, we're coming to the end of the first podcast of 2020. It's been quite a long podcast, but I mean, I can, I can understand why. It's, it's been quite some time since our last few podcasts. So last section, added time. Let's round up um, things. Yeah, a very quick wrap up. So we always end, included at a time, is GH Coaches and their away travel coming up. So what I will say is go to ghcoaches.co.uk for all the information. There also now a lot of updates on the club website, which I think is absolutely great. Um, so that relationship is absolutely flourishing. Salford City on 8th of February, that's when the information's up there. Um, they've got 100 booked onto the Salford away game on the 8th of February. Incredible. Just 14 seats remaining. Again, it's 20 quid. Includes a buffet lunch on the way as well. Um, Midweek trip to Crew Alexandra, 11th of February. They're only going to take the minibus, so only 10 seats available if you want to travel. Again, leave the stadium 2 o'clock and it's 20 quid. And Saturday, the 29th of February, we'll just chuck that one in, although we'll do a podcast by then. Um, Exeter City, kick off 3 o'clock, leave the stadium 7.30, 20 quid every single time. All right. Um, also, on the added time, I wanted to bring up again CTSA. Every year they do an Easter egg appeal and we give about four and a half thousand eggs to a hundred kids down at. Um, That's quite a lot of eggs per, per kid. It is a lot. <laughs> and what they're doing this year is they've said, I'm going to read out a Twitter message for our annual Easter egg appeal this year. We would like to donate more than to more than one organisation. If you are part of or know an organisation that would be happy um, to put approximately 50 Easter eggs to a good cause or use them by giving them to less fortunate, please email chair at ctfcsa.co.uk. Brilliant idea, that. Really good. So spr nice. spread the love. Um, so if you know of an organisation that would benefit from 50 Easter eggs over Christmas, um, 
chair at ctfcsa.co.uk and put your bid in. And finally, just a quick update on the Crawley Wasps because they're doing well um, and they might become Crawley Ladies one day. So far this season in the league, 1-9, drawn one, lost one. Currently top, level on top on points. They're second on goal difference. They've got five home games left this season. They play at Oakwood um, and Crawley Town Citizens of Golders get in free on a Sunday. Very nice. No excuse if you're a massive football fan not to see both the men's and women's teams play in your town. Yeah. And um, if you want to hear more about that, we did an interview with Naomi Cole, the club captain, a couple of episodes ago. So give that a listen if you haven't already, because she is a, a cracking person to, to interview. It was brilliant, wasn't yeah, it? It was, it was really, really, nice. really good. Yeah. And um, we, well, I have experienced a, a day there as well, courtesy of, of Crawley Wasps. So, it, yeah, I can highly recommend from a, from a personal perspective as well. So, Jonathan, that is our first episode of the decade. Done, episode 21. So the next show is going to be somewhere around the sort of middle of Feb-ish, early half maybe. Um, this episode, give us a like, give us a comment, tell your friends, um, spread the love. Any opportunity to sort of talk about Crawley, whether it's on social media, this podcast or at games, we just love all the conversations going on. Um, so we will always try and be involved as much as we can and keep on top of things. We are your information source as best we can. But um, yeah, give us your feedback. It's really important. We want to start this year off and just keep getting better and better for you. And if you see either of us around at a game, please do grab us. I mean, we've had some cracking conversations with with you around the grounds and that's ultimately what we want to do, like you and said, is, is to just increase this conversation and like you we are we are fans at the end of the day we're not just trying to dictate to you from up on high in the media area we are just fans at the end of the day as well just chatting about our opinions too yep so that is the conclusion then episode 21 all done and dusted um episode 22 with you in a few weeks from jonathan and myself have a great week and we'll see you soon bye bye bye